Hi there, I'm Ana Jokura, and you are listening to the English podcast, English and the Bible, Information and Transformation. Hello, hello there, dear friends. I'm Melsena for the English Sabbath School podcast. Lesson four for Sunday, I said Sunday, January 22nd. Today's title, Motivation for Giving. And considering that today's Sunday, Leroy is sleeping fast. Come on, Leroy, today's Sunday, what are you doing? You know, some of our friends like to stay in bed longer, but they are allowed to, right? <laughs> Sorry, my friends, but Leroy was excited. Anyway, we have here motivation for giving. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the good night of rest. Thank you so much for watching over us. Thank you so much for the sounds and the noises we can hear because we are we are able to hear. So we magnify your name for that. Be with us as we're getting ready to study your word. Send down your spirit. May we understand what the lesson what lessons you have in store for us in Jesus name. Amen. So the lesson starts with the following. We love God because he first loved us. Our giving is in response to his amazing gift of Jesus to us. In fact, we are told the Lord does not need our offerings. We cannot enrich him by our gifts. Says the psalmist, all things come of thee, and of thine own hand have we given thee. Yet God permits us to show our appreciation of his mercies by self-sacrificing efforts to extend the same to others. This is the only way in which it is possible for us to manifest our gratitude and love to God. He has provided no other. That was a quote by Ellen G. White from the book Councils on Stewardship, page 18. When we surrender our money to Jesus, it actually strengthens our love for him and for others. Therefore, money can be a real power for good. Jesus spent more time talking about money and wealth than just about any other subject. One verse in every six in Matthew, Mark, and Luke is about money. I had never thought about that. The gospel's good news is that God can deliver us from the misuse and love of money. That's right. So we are invited to do what, Dilma? Very good. Yes, Marcos, open your Bibles. Come on, move it, move it. Mary Jo, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, the New International Version, but please. Feel free to use any translation that you prefer. It says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In Deuteronomy 28:1-14, we've already read it before this um, quarter, but they want us to read again because repetition is the mother of education. So let's go for it. Do, do, 
Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 28.1. Do, do, Deuteronomy. So here we have all the blessings for obedience that the Lord recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flock. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he has given you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today, to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. So the question that the lesson presents is the following. What does God promise to do for us if we obey him? Is it selfishness on our part to claim the promises of God? What do you think? Is it selfish on our part to claim the promises? I don't see how. If he promised, he's willing to give us, right? And if a father is willing to give good things to his child, how much more is our father willing to give good things to us? Our offerings are an evidence of our willingness to sacrifice self for God. Making an offering can be a deeply spiritual experience, an expression of the fact that our lives are wholly surrendered to God as our Lord. To us, as an English idiom says, it is putting our money where our mouth is. You can say you love God, but generous offerings help reveal and even strengthen that love. Hmm. An offering comes from a heart that trusts in a personal God who constantly provides for our needs as he sees best. Our offerings rest on the conviction that we have found assurance of salvation in Christ. They are not an appeasement or a search for God's acceptance. No, 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 no. Rather, our offerings flow from a heart that is accepted Christ by faith as the only and sufficient means of grace and redemption. So here we are invited to open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. The subtitle says, Generosity Encouraged, remember, uh, encouraged and then starts, Remember this, 
Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What is the Lord saying to us here? What does it mean to give as one purposes in his heart? And how do we learn to give? Cheerfully. Yeah, as one purposes in his heart. That is the New King James Version. Let us see in the NIV. It says, uh, you have decided in your heart. You have decided in your heart to give. Yeah, I agree in part with the idea that uh, when you're putting your money where your mouth is, uh, and I understand the idiom, um, meaning that uh, if you believe in that, you're going to put your money that uh, in that as well. You're going to invest. But uh, just by giving a lot of money doesn't mean that your heart is straight with God. And unfortunately, many people, they try to do exactly the opposite, right? They try to, they do so terrible things and they try to appease God by giving them, by giving the church money and to, they seek forgiveness. In history, in the history of the Christian church, you see that a lot. So you have to be very careful about it. What is your motivation for giving? Yes, and I believe we're going to be talking about it, but my sweetheart, my dear sweetheart, she's the treasurer in our local church, and she is always watching how the church is using the funds, you know, and she's very zealous about the church not wasting funds, uh, paying things that are not necessary, or asking for a service and paying for that service, which is not really what the church needed, so she's always taking care of it, because we must give with gladness, but we must be wise on how the church uses the resources given as well. Yeah, it's a two-way street. This thing about you give and then uh, that's it. Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so, Joe. <laughs> but this is Lesson 4 for Sunday, January 22nd. For more information, please get in touch with us on Facebook and Instagram, Believes in Esp. Tell your friends about our podcast, available on any podcast platform. Rate us with five stars so that more people may discover us. Thank you, my friends, for listening, for sharing, and for praying with us and for us.